Yes, love most certainly is in the air on this uh, Valentine's Loud and Proud podcast on Sunday. Um, as usual, we're here again for the 134th episode of the Loud and Proud podcast. Thanks very much for coming along and sticking by the podcast and listening throughout. Um, a lot of things happen during the week. We'll probably get. Well, I'm going to get to them now in the podcast. But uh, sticking to the love kind of feeling. And I was just thinking yesterday, like, you're thinking of, like, deadly partnerships like uh, Yorkie and Cole for United. Well, that, that would have been, for me anyway. And then you try and, is there any deadly duos or good partners in, in low GA circles? And I suppose you're, you're thinking straight off the top of your head, you're thinking of uh, Colin Kelly and Stephen White, um, two very devastating inside corner forwards. Uh, and then... Maybe Carl O'Hanna kind of spoils the party a little bit as well, making a love triangle. Well, certainly Stephen White and Carl O'Hanna when they were together in the clans were devastating at club level. Um, and then thinking more recent times, you had Owen and Daniel Connor were very, very hard to stop. The two of them inside for the Pats and a lot of those um, Joe Ward victories. And then this year even Lennon and McEnany Lennon and McCartney I was calling them all summer they were very very good they linked up really good they shot the lights out for Kilkerley this year and last year as well oh, sorry 2020 and 2019 as well so those are good duos um, inside if, if you have any send them in if I missed a few just, just tweet them to me or get them in underneath on the comments page on Patreon or um, wherever, you, wherever you listen to the podcast Sticking with Lennon, him and Colin, Colin Judge work very well together inside for Loud and in college together in UCD. The real sort of uh, big man, small man uh, linking up like, say, what was it, like Robbie Keane and Berbatov, the way they would link up together. <laughs> um, just very, did a good understanding, I suppose, a good relationship with each other um, and they linked up very well for Loud, um, especially as a target man, Lennon was quite good, very, very good. And then I suppose when you look at that Leinster final team, a big kind of fulcrum of the attack and play was set off those two. And then your JP was able to create his own without kind of any sort of man beside him. Uh, and he and he complimented the two as well. So you those two, Len, uh, Shane Lennon and Colin Judge. Um, then look at midfield then as well, that Leinster final, you had uh, Brian White and Paddy Keane and two like uh, wonderful partners for each other. And Keenan kind of does the defensive work White goes forward, and um, well, Paddy could go forward also. We know that, um, but Paddy could be a real sort of um, a real sort of organizer. And White could come up with the flair. They complemented each other very well in the middle of the field. Both could claim their own ball in the middle of the field. They could break it quite well. They knew when to sit back and hold. And both of them could go at the same time as well. If they knew there was an opportunity on, so they work very well in the middle of the field. And um, then Ken Riley and Shane O'Hanlon probably our biggest most bruising midfield partnership for Loud down the years um, and I'll try I, I, this is just off the cuff so I, there probably is other partnerships way back that is just eclipsing my memory and I haven't had time to, to look and research but then 
sticking to that big man, little man, uh, uh, Crawley and Kilcoyne inside for the man. He's very devastating. Won a championship on, the, on that basis uh, and the intermediate one as well. And Crillian McCann from the Gales. They link up very well together at a time midfield or nearly in the forward sometimes. It depends where Crilly would play or line out. Um, um, Aaron High and Pierce Murphy, two very devastating inside men for the Brides when they were going really well at the start of uh, the noughties in the in the senior ranks and senior final 2002, very pushed it on 2001, 2003. Really good uh, attacking players. Heisel could play full forward. Pierce Murphy could play full forward. They kind of both swap, but they were both with devastating twing pronged attack. Yeah, just something there. Is there anyone? Is there anyone else I've missed out on? Is there any from in Cooley? Say down the years. I'm sure there is. The Blues are bound to have a devastating duo. Uh, maybe Richie Culhannon, uh, Eugene Judge. Maybe off the top of my head, the Rallies will have the Leeches and that as well. Um, the two Rogans. Uh, who else we taken? Trying to think now off the top of my head. It's never too good to do that. So I'm going to leave it there. Going to pull it out there. Is there anyone else I'm missing out on? Is there any deadly duos, midfield partnerships that work very well together, um, complement each other on this love, loving Valentine's weekend? Um, yeah, let me know. Let me know and we'll get into the more serious stuff now. Don't know. So a busy week on the podcast. Um, we've had we had Connor Grimes on, and I'm going to give you a snippet as usual at the end if you haven't signed up to patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. But um, Connor, it was a really good, really honest interview. Connor kind of talks about how his kind of loud career has kind of waned this past two seasons. How uh, he's felt motivated after 2020 to prove a point, and that proved the case. in when he was flying in the trials. Um, talks about he probably is the only kind of insight we have so far close up close hand of what Mickey Hart and Gavin Devlin's relationship is and he gives that um, what is Mickey like his reaction to hearing him even coming in as the job um, when he walks in what's the crack and then how they're, how they're keeping in touch now at the moment is it through Zoom meetings are they Strava like everyone else are they is it hard to keep going for himself personally? And he's he's flying a business with Spoonful Botanical, so he's a real uh, kind of busy on two fronts, but they're helping him on two on both fronts as well. And um, it's uh, just touches a bit on the Glen Emmets as well. How he got relegated last year, and then he talks about he gives like a usual usually asked or his favorite player to play with, and it's very good and honest, interesting answer. But we get to that. But the reason I mentioned Connor because he he talks about the league. The National League coming back and it was recorded and released that on Wednesday before the GA broke massive news that there would be no football until Easter. So first of all, the first thing I had to do was find out when Easter was. <laughs> it was it's the it's April the fourth, so there'd be no hurling football, camogie, uh, ladies football, anything till the, till Easter. That's even before. That's that's not even you can't even train before that. So. It's, to those day, to that date, it's I have it down here. Seven weeks, seven weeks till uh, with with nothing happening, and it's devastating news to be honest. Um, on a personal standpoint, like you're you're you're. This is what I do for a living. 
and um, what I do to, you're playing sports you're, you're, you're supporting it you're watching it you're recording it you live and you breathe it for that to be taken away when you just kind of feel like even in the podcast Conor mentions oh yeah we're going to get back to um, yeah we're going to get to the league will be back she'll be back shortly and you kind of feel then oh no Is it, oh yeah it's about to start and then oh no you get this news this hammer blow and um it's it's very 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 hard to take to be honest, and like there's there's two parts to that. Um, not getting back until uh, Easter, and then the second part is that the GA has dropped its it's not an elite level status. And on the Wednesday night, I put it out on the Patreon to see what what people's thoughts and their gauges, and a lot of people got in touch. But a lot of people felt that it was more or less it was going to happen and it was to be expected. And then later on in that week, probably the next day, the president, GA president John Horan came out and he said a lot, a lot of very kind of straightforward things, very uh, practical things. Like he says, the president's elite status um, could be operated in a bubble, and GA wouldn't be obviously able to operate in a bubble. So. That kind of makes you feel right, yeah. That's yeah, that's fair enough. And considering the the time, like the time scale and the the way the the numbers are at the moment, it is quite tough. So we're not in the elite stats, but then you think a lot of League of Ireland football clubs they're not in the bubble. Like they'll be able, they'll go back to into their communities as well in in soccer. <laughs> but then there's also the element then of payment. Obviously, the GA is an amateur status. Um, like, although you look at the dubs, you think, Jesus, there they wouldn't be amateur. I think Colin Collins said that the Clare manager says, how, how can you say Dublin or Limerick Horlers even aren't an elite team or professional setup when you look at some of the likes of, say, the Division 1 soccer teams in Ireland and the League of Ireland. So it was a fair point. But, um, and, and my kind of point was, like, it, it worked well last year. We had absolutely no... At inter-county level now, this is... I'll get to club level shortly. But at inter-county level, there was no real... Um, there's no real problems at all. No outbreaks. I know there was a little bit of a scare, which I mentioned that last week, when Bevan Duffy came out and says the players aren't being tested. What's going on here? That looked a bit kind of ad hoc and a bit kind of... Bit kind of lazy by the GA not having them covered, but the GA, but the GA soon got over that. Like the suit, like you seen the whole intercounty games are run off, no problem whatsoever. They played the All Ireland fine. There's no breakouts, no, no even teams, um, in those latter end of the championship kind of got, kind of I suppose got got outbreaks or got um, kind of sidelined by it or got wiped out by the by the by COVID. Now I know there's a new variant. We're all kind of we're all kind of up to date on what what's going on at the moment, and but that's just a bit devastating to hear that news and kind of feel oh, okay. There's seven, we've seven more weeks now to to anything even getting re- revised. Um, I suppose uh, like Horan did come out says we're not going to put our members or their families at risk, and that that's really that's very understandable, especially when you look at it. That deep down, it is an amateur organisation. Um, but then to say that this is where this is where it gets difficult for me now at the moment is that uh, will will the championship happen? Will the leagues happen? Will clubs football happen? Because um, 
Like G have already come out and says the time the time frame left to operate in the competitions will be reduced. So straight away you're looking at the National League. It's it was tr- it's three games, and there was two games last year. They finished off the tail end of the league and they got that done. So you could see them playing off those three games and uh, in the regional new regionalized NFL. So that could be played off without semi-finals, without a final. So just the top two get of of each group in Division Four go up and across the, all the other divisions as well. Um, so they could run that off because that's just an extra week. And then you're looking to run off the championship similar to last year in a knockout basis. No Talton Cup, no qualifiers um, and no Super 8s. So yeah, you can definitely see that happening. Um, but this is what I what I, what I I worry about is, and I, I, I kind of feel that it's a bit of a hoodwink by the GA. They're saying, oh no, we'll get, we'll get the club, hopefully we'll get the club going first. Because I think all the while they wanted to play the club football first. Because they instantly regretted splitting the season last year so hastily without realising the seriousness of the situation of COVID hadn't cleared up. So if they, if they, had, if they could redo it again, they probably would have left the, the inter-county till the end of this year, 2021, and play it all. Because the way it's looking, it's going to be the exact same. They're going to get the championship. Maybe, I don't even think they'll get the league played, honestly. Um they'll get the championship played finish the week before Christmas again it'll give time it'll but it, ha, it has bought them time um, people get vaccinated and maybe you could you could get people into the stadium at the end of October November December so those three months at the end of the year about six or seven months away it definitely could happen and I don't see it not happening with club level this is where it's a complete landmine and I don't know why the GA are coming out and saying oh we want to put club first because if you're putting club first, then that means they're going to have to come in time frame before the the county championship, and like that's I, I don't know like it has to be played. The only way club football can get back is if it's played at level two, and I can't see level two getting back before uh, Easter, especially with schools only getting back in March and leaving certs and all that getting back and looking to be reopened now in March. So it's very, very. I don't know how it how it's going to work out. <clears throat> like in Loud, it could work. Like Loud, you're you're going to look at a six week window. Maybe if Loud don't go on a run, but you could see them going on maybe on a run this year in the Leicester Championship. You could play like in all total to, was it seven weeks to play the championship last season? Yeah, it was seven weeks to play it off the whole the three championships. So we could possibly look at a seven week window to play off our championship. If maybe Loud go out, or maybe you play either side three weeks either side of Loud's Loud uh, starting their the, their inter county championship and then after it. But then I don't know. I can't see them opening up as freely as they did last year, and um, just opening up their because like as you know, every parish community has a GA club. So you open up that to the mix, and you're going to add to the problems again. Will the GA be allowed to? Do it? Will they feel like they want to do it? And then your bloody eagles last year, like like taking the piss. Like I know everyone had to celebrate the championship, and, that, and that's fine. A lot of teams did it um, in very well done cases, like in social distance cases. But other teams took the biscuit, like the boys below in Cork, then Rovers were marching through like Cork or wherever part of Cork City they're in, Patrick Street. No, I don't know where it is, but that's where the GA are probably fearful. If they do open it up and they've lost their, their elite status as well because they're not in the bubble and they're not a professional outfit as well. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Will it be played? I'm not too sure. But uh, it was devastating news um, to take. And 
yeah, it's it's just it's it's just difficult at the time. But I'd like to reassure people out there, I'll still have a podcast on the Sunday night continuously. We're kind of building a lot of momentum at the moment on in Laird and Proud, getting your podcast in during the week as well. So uh, yeah, do stick with us. And something else, some another news story broke on Wednesday. Probably well, it probably stems from Tuesday's uh, Mid Laird Independent or um, Argus. In the dark, or the Drahada Independent, you get in Drahada. Um, I suppose Loud G. Well, the heading on the story is developers bid for Loud GA County grounds. Hospital will be permitted as part of rezoning proposed by the Loud County Board, worth in the region on lands that work, could be worth in the region of three million euros. So this is the story from Hubert Murphy. If you didn't see it, but it it, it was. The, the main kind of implication from it and how it stems from is Loud County Council. The site is zoned as an open space at the moment and County Board wanted zoned for community or community recreational. Uh, such a change in the quote here in the story. Such a change in the land zone would allow the existing use to continue inf- infinitely should no community facilities develop take place. And their submission explains. Okay, so it's also um, it's beside the Drogheda United, and they're also consideration for sale. And it's right beside the right beside Lady Lords. And you'd probably think in the say thirty or forty years time, the HCC will probably take that over. But there's a couple of questions here, and um, it, it it comes down to a number of things. Like we're looking to build a new ground. And this story breaks. It's not really. It's you know. It's 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 interesting. Like it, there's money there. If they could sell this, would that be a substantial amount of money? Yes, it would. Um, and then on the other hand, as well, is why are they not selling it? Um, and the, all, the reason why will the process, I don't know why, but there's there's the complication of the rallies are there. And then the, the other question comes in that uh, why did why are the rallies not looking for a new could the rallies not look for new ground out of it? Could they not get like a set up with a new pitch? Um, they could like the rallies end up winning, the Loud County Board end up winning, they, they could fund a new site, um, up in Dundalk, the new stadium. Um, so those three are out there. I might get someone on actually to talk about this further from the rallies club and maybe or someone from the county board to see could they answer those questions and see what way it would be. But um, obviously, like. You can tell then in a in a tweet that came, I'll just read it out here. From the rallies at O'Rats GFC. That came out that night and it was kind of a, it was a reassurance from the their executive committee to all members of the rallies um and their and, and their future concerning in the Gaelic grounds. So the, the statement reads In light of recent headlines in our local papers, we would just like to reassure all of our members that we're not going anywhere. There has been absolutely no approach made to us by anyone. We continue to work in the background for our return to play and look forward to seeing you all back playing the sport we love. The Gaelic grounds are home and will remain so. Signed off the executive committee from the rallies. So very interesting there. Um, that story, like <laughs> that story, is forever evolving down the years. To talk, like we thought we could have a massive stadium there a couple of years back. Um, it's it's interesting to see what way we'll play it. Like I say, I might get someone on from the rallies maybe to have a chat and see what what their thoughts on it. Obviously, they don't want to move. Obviously, they, that is the home. I don't know. Maybe they they would like um, 
they would like maybe to get a new, new ground somewhere else, brand new grounds. I don't know. It's all out there and um, it's very interesting just that it broke on the same night that the other massive story would be that there would be no GEA until Easter Sunday. Um, well, no back to return play, but it is up for it is up for debate as well. So that's it. That's all for this week's Loud and Proud podcast. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day. I'm going to um, sign off now. With just a couple of just a, a teaser from uh, Conor Grimes' interview during the week. Thanks to Conor for coming on as well. Like I said, there'll be more coming, and the momentum is building. So please do sign up patreon.com forward slash Loud and Proud. Um, and yeah I'll just sign off I'll, I'll give a bit, a bit of a teaser with, with Connor and then I'll sign off at the end Are you bringing your pen and paper to the is it like that sort of is it like an online learning sort of a job Yeah not really like I suppose like um, we have like all the trials that kind of thing we're all recorded um, so like we have okay. kind of some footage of games like and like obviously we know um, certain situations that mightn't have worked out for us in the past or might work out for us in the future like so kind of just talking through just kind of general stuff nothing too in-depth or anything like that um, at the moment it's more kind of concentrating on the strength and conditioning side of our games like okay. so that when we do kind of get back as a group that we're fit to implement the game plan or implement a system that and what what the lads are trying to do Hey, are inside from Conor Grimes once again, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for uh, signing up. Thanks very much for all the support. Thanks for all the stick during the week as well from Rob Carney. And a couple of people did agree with me out there. Um, the skill levels to play rugby are nowhere near as high to play Gaelic football. And Carney proved that. Maybe he might have developed. I don't know. He's very young back then. But we'll see. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'll leave, I'll, say, I'll leave it at that. But um, thanks very much for, for listening. Sign up on all, all my socials on... Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then what else is there left to say? Yes, if I'm not talking to you during the week, I will talk to you again next Sunday. Mind yourself if you can't, mind someone else too. Good luck. Bye bye.